Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, it's officially summer. I can tell by the 90-degree weather here on the East Coast, and I can tell by the fact that most sleepaway camps have already started. Many families happy to get that luggage out of their hair. Around town, you can spot people planting those summer flowers and cleaning out their garages. People are starting their summer projects. What's your summer project? Are you looking for things to do? What are you going to do with your little children that you have at home? What are you going to do with the big children you have at home? What is the best way to manage your time in this very short time period we call summer? You know, we used to think summer was so long, and then as you got older, you realized it's really only a couple of weeks, and this summer it's even shorter. Well, here to answer these questions and more is our favorite organizer, Esther Simon. Esther Simon is joining us from sunny L.A. She is the traditional home organizer with offering Personal, personalized, hands-on organizing to simplify your life, reduce stress, and declutter your home. She offers great time management techniques and tools to maximize your time and space. Esther, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Randy. Nice to talk to you. So, Esther, summers can be very frustrating for children and parents who are out of routine. You know, that transition week between school and camp, and again, at the end of the summer, between camp and school can be so difficult. What is the benefit in having an organized summer plan? Oh, just oh, there's so much, and especially most mothers um, look forward to a change in schedule. I think they enjoy that extra half an hour, hour in the morning that they don't have to wake up and rush down, you know, rush to get their kids off to school, wake them most up, definitely. get their lunches. It's almost uh, just a nice breath of fresh air. So that they're excited about, and then after a day or so, they start thinking, well, what am I going to do with all this time? How am I going to wake up my kids? When, when should I start a structured program? What should I do with, you know, the six weeks, the eight weeks that we do have for the summer? And that's when they start to get nervous and start to realize that they need a plan and they need to get organized. Right. And, so, you know, in my town where I live here on the East Coast, people tend to think about summer very, very far in advance. Right, because of summer camp, right. Yeah. Right after Hanukkah, you're thinking about um, summer camp when the applications come out. Exactly. Right. right and then right. finally when it's upon you and you actually do get your kids off to the places where you've applied and they've gotten in and you're all paid up and, and they go away, that's when you sort of turn around and you go, now what? Right. So what I want to break up our talk today is maybe in three areas. One you know, most of the kids who did send their kids away to camp are gone this morning. Right. Camp started, the sleep away, that stress is done. Right. So what's left is the very small kids, the toddlers to the five-year-olds, because they're really not in camp. They're not in backyard camps. They're not in necessarily school camps. They're kind of, they're still at home with you, or the parents that do have multiple children, but they can't afford to send them to camp. Right. So they have to do what we call camp mommy. Right. Where they're the camp counselors. So I think we could address that a little bit, and I have some ideas. And then maybe for the mom that is, or, or homemaker, that is at home for the summer, and it doesn't have necessarily children under tow, maybe their teenagers are more independent, but it's their time that they're not 
working as hard. Maybe they're in school teachers and they have they have the summer off. Right. Or maybe they're um their load is less because it's summer, so that's when they can maybe clean out, organize their home, garage, do some extra meal planning, inviting parties, go out. Maybe they can catch some cultural events, um, things definitely. like that. Right. So that would be um, kind of nice for them to do. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's explore those options. Okay. So let's begin first with uh, what you call your organized summer for children. Okay. How do I go about figuring out what to do with my non-sleepaway child every day? Right. Okay. So I kind of divided it up into five different uh, categories. So the categories I thought we would discuss is maybe maximizing, maximizing, utilizing the citywide events and outings, like museums. You know, there's always a museum that's free one day of the month. Usually it's Tuesday or sometimes it's Monday. So you can go to a free museum or there's certain museums that have really child-proof, child-friendly activities. Right. Then there's libraries. I was a big fan of the public libraries because they had afternoon programs where they did arts and crafts and they showed kids movies. And then they had a program where you signed up to do a read-a-thon and you would um, get a free tote bag or you would uh, meet at the library and the librarian would help you choose different books. And that was always a plus. And then they had story time for the toddlers. Yes, and most of the time that stuff is easy to find out online or just a phone call to your local library. Perfect, right. And then there's cultural landmarks, different, um, oh, just uh, train stations, um, special parks, things that have statues in it. Things that are like so famous you can, you almost feel like you could be a tourist in your own home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are nice to look at. And then there's trains and subways to visit and to go on. Kids love that, especially if they really don't have a destination that they have to go to, but they can take a nice ride on the ferry or a nice ride on the train station. Or here uh, we have our new little metro in L.A., so you can go all the way downtown underneath or on top of on a tram. So that's so unique to Los Angeles now, and you on the East Coast have different forms of transportation that might be a way to explore it with a little with the family. We actually have a little ferry that goes around the marina here that's very inexpensive and it's fun for an hour or two and you can take a picnic. Yeah, that does so, sound fun. And certainly New York City subways can be very adventurous. Right, right. <laughs> and then there's parks and amusement parks, you know, park and recreations, and that's something to explore. It gets costly, but maybe once over the summer you can do it. Or there's a few things that are more uh, geared for the younger children. So even if you went to a go-karting place and just went on some of the 50 cents rides, um, it's an outing. Right. So that's one category of the citywide kind of outings. Right. And, and I was going to something... say that even, I'm sorry, just, mm-hmm. just to bring you back to your point, uh, before you started mentioning the amusement parks and you said that could get costly, up until that point, all of these suggestions that you're bringing out are basically things that really don't cost a lot of money. Correct. Correct. So those are great ideas. The thing I like to kind of focus on, and this I've always been good with, is being creative and imaginative. You know, um, maybe create your own restaurant in your own home. Let the kids do out a menu and let them pretend that they're, you know, making a little restaurant for you. 
And that's kind of fun because you can break up that activity into the menu, into the meal planning, going to the store, buying the food, making the pizza, making the salad, whatever the, you know, if you're doing an Italian night or maybe every night doing a different cultural um, type of menu. You know, you could do Italian night one night, Mexican night one night, um, you know, Chinese the other night, and the kids can plan a menu. That's right. really you know, fun. Earlier this week when my son, the night before my son was off to sleepaway camp, of course, I asked him, what would you like to have for dinner? You know, you could order your favorite dinner from me, you know, the night before you leave to camp. And um, it was getting kind of late in the day, and it, it wasn't possible to to figure out the dish that he requested. So I said, you know what, let's do make your own pizza. He said, that sounds like a great idea. Simple and easy. Doesn't take a long time to cook. We have the frozen round pizzas already made, the, you know, the, the teeny, mm-hmm, the teeny mm-hmm. little round pizzas. And, uh, you know, just with a little sauce and a little cheese, and everybody could get into it. Even my two-year-old was right. able to make his own pizza. Right. 15 minutes in the oven. You can use the, the bagels oven. and call them pizza bagels. So two-year-old must love putting olives on top of the bagel. Love that. that. Love that. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to cut it up, use a plastic knife. You have to know, Randy, whatever skills you teach your children now is what's called life skills. Right. So, you know, their executive decision-making, their things that they really carry on for the rest of their lives. You know, Randy, you know I have seven children and I have ten grandchildren. And what I taught my children early on, now that they're married and they're having homes of their own, they really are doing um, things that I've taught them. I have to get, give myself some credit, you mm-hmm. know. So it's nice. Well, the other thing you can do with kids besides the restaurant is do a car wash. Oh, gosh. You know, but that it's sounds fun. messy. And you get wet <laughs> and you wash your neighbor's car and you charge them a little minimal fee. And the kids really like that. And they, you know, it's like putting the sprinklers on. We did think that one Sunday we would have fun just sort of planting, you know, like I said earlier, the summer flowers. Mm-hmm. It was really a little bit more that I could handle, um, you know, because you can't just do a one-hour activity when it comes to planting. It could take you half a day to, to right. plant flowers. And, um, you know, when you say mentioned a car wash, I feel like it could be fun for a little while, and then it just gets so messy. You don't think it's just such a big cleanup job, even though it's cleaning. Well, you know, maybe it's for the kids that are a little bit over 10 years old. Because mm-hmm. I know my neighbors, you know, they're um, fifth. He's been doing it two years. So between 13 and 15, he started a whole car wash business. Cool. So maybe it's bad. For, not a good idea for the toddlers. But my third idea you're going to like, and that's building a game like Candyland around your block. Oh, fun. And you take out chalk and you, you make squares all the way around the block. And you do Candyland, and you kind of adapt it to, um, you know, whether it's dice or whether it's spinning a wheel with the colors, uh, you know, different color chalk. It's kind of fun, and then you put different candy on each block, on each square. So, you know, make a make a game come to life. Chalk is a great summer activity. I have to say, we have a, a tar, a black driveway, and my son loves to play hockey in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he takes out the chalk and he actually draws the lines and he makes the hockey rink. And I think that he actually spends more time drawing the rink and drawing the advertising on the rink than he does actually playing. But right. the, the chalk is so much fun and it really keeps them occupied and imaginative and it keeps them creative in a way that, you know, something that they could do by themselves without really needing too much help 
from right. a grown-up. And uh, I think chalk is a great summer activity. Right, right. And it's self-cleaning when it rains. Right. <laughs> or you can just hose it off. There you go. Um, and then you can do a scavenger hunt either at the mall or in your neighborhood. I know that my girls went to the backyard camp in the summer, and they did a scavenger hunt at the mall. They took the little, you know, 8-year-olds or 5-year-olds, I don't remember what they were at the time, and they took them to the mall, and then they wrote down things like um, everyone, they went in groups, you know, look for a pink bracelet. And they would write, they would go to the stores and they would write down where they thought, saw a pink bracelet. Or they would write down, um, you know, find the first pair of black pants and tell us what store it was in. Wow. Or what can you buy for under $10? And they would write something. And they would all come back and then they would go to the candy store, the ice cream store in the mall as the reward. And that's very fun. Or you could pre-do it with some of your neighbors on the block or a few houses, or even in your own house, you could do a scavenger hunt. Look for the can opener. Look for, uh, you know, the paper napkins. Look for the brown bags. And they would have to go around the house to try to find it. I love that idea. That yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. fun. Being, being creative. So that's my being creative and imaginative uh, resource. Maybe the next thing would be teaching life skills, which you know is really my MO. I really like to teach Life skills, organizing, uh, time management, things that people will have for the rest of their life. So some of the life skills is my favorite, preparing a meal. So we mentioned that before, you know, going through different meals, healthy food plans, teaching them how to peel a carrot, make a salad, uh, teach them how to make macaroni and cheese, and then they can eat it. Or baking. I love baking. Set up a little bake yeah, center. Yeah, kids love to bake. And then, you know, bake cookies, bake a cake. Do Dunkin' Hines. You do, um, you know, buy the frosting already made. The act of doing it is what's fun. Right. Maybe if they're very young, you make the cake or buy, buy um, cupcakes and just let them sprinkle them. Right. You know, you don't have to start everything from scratch. You could just buy a loaf of cake and, you know, one of those loaf cakes and then cut them or, or make it into ice cream cake, put ice cream all over it, that and it becomes fun. ice cream cake. Do a lot of things by, I call it copying others' ideas. You know, we have a very um, fancy store here, Whole Foods. You probably have it there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'll go into Whole Foods and take pictures of the food and go home and make it. Because their ideas and their, their display is so beautiful, I'll go, oh, I didn't think of that. And I'll go home and put strawberries and kiwi and, you know, pineapple all in a row and make it look like uh, 4th of July. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of I fun. once did that with, um, I bought a bunch of small, uh, I guess, ice cream type of glasses, mm -hmm. like dessert glasses, mm -hmm. um, like dessert bowls with a stem. And on the package of the bowls, they had a very nice picture of a little fruit cup in in the cup that I was exactly. buying. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I copied that too. But I bet you could do that with kids too if you show them a picture of oh it. Oh, my goodness, for sure. They can help sure. you put that together. Yeah. Um, and then there's the life skills of organizing a closet. You might say to them, you know, why don't we do this together? Let's empty the closet. Of course, it's going to take longer than an hour, but you can do just break up into parts. Maybe you just want to organize the shoes for half an hour, and the next day you just do the socks, and the day after that you just do the T-shirts. Instead of spending three hours on your closet, you spend 20 minutes or 15 minutes breaking it up into what I call bite-sized pieces. And at right. the end of the week or the end of two weeks, you have your kid has an organized closet. Yeah, I think you're right about the bite-sized pieces. I think that's, that's important because the kids lose 
they, they lose their zitzfleisch, I think. Right, to sit. right, right. And because I know Whatever this... we do with our kids, there has to be a nice reward. Right. And rewards can be food, whether it's ice cream M&Ms or, you know, making something yummy to eat. Or it could be going on an outing, going on, you know, kid, if you're, if you have a large family, kids love being alone with their parents. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just going to get gas in the car, or even if it's just going to the market, or even if it's just going to mail a letter, you think they don't want to do it, but they really do, and they remember that. So, or you mix up the chemistries between the kids, or you go out with another mother and that kid that age. So it's kind of like a double date, I call it. Yeah, yeah, they do um, love that. You know, break up the chemistry in the house makes it feel very special. Most and the definitely. other thing maybe with the life skills is being the student and let your child be the teacher. You can say, you know, I know you've been a student all year and I know it's been hard, but you know what, why don't you be your teacher and you give me the homework that you had that left over and let me see if I can do it. Very cute. And you can... Um, you know, challenge them and say, oh, I don't know, you're two plus two, I don't remember. And then your child who mastered two plus two will say, oh, mommy, let me just show you. I'm the teacher. I'm going to show you how to count two plus two with M&Ms or, or with chocolate chips. And you'll go, oh, my goodness, how easy is this? Right. And then they'll have fun and they'll give you a star on the star chart. You know, you know I had... kind of reverse roles. Yeah, I had a kind of a similar experience, actually, with my seven-year-old this morning, mm-hmm. um, we didn't have a chance to pack our camp bag the night before camp. Uh, you know, usually we pack our, pa- he goes to day camp, so usually we pack right. up the bag the night before. Um, but, you know, with my son, my older son leaving to sleepaway camp, the house was crazy. So we um, had to wait until the morning to pack up the camp bag. But, of course, the morning was also crazy because everybody, you know, now in the summer everybody wakes up late and there was very little time. So he said to me, you know what, Mommy, you tell me what I need and I'll pack the bag. I said, great, let's go through it. He said, wait a minute, let me get a pencil and a piece of paper, and I'll write it down. And I dictated to him as I was, you know, doing something else, exactly what he needed to put in the bag, and he took his little list, and he went and he packed his bag all by himself. And so when you talk about teaching life skills, this is something that sort of like I've just been doing for them all the time, and now it's something that he's able to do by himself. And it's because, Randy, he saw you take a pencil and paper, and he saw you making a list. Right. These things are not just out of the blue. They, it's all role modeling. It's all learned behavior. And he was so uh, proud of himself, too, oh, that he sure. was able to do it, and he felt like a million dollars, like I packed up my own camp bag. You right, know? right. I'm a grown-up great. kid. Great. Just great. So then let's go back to some of the free, my fourth category, maybe some of the free activities around town. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot here I see in the paper, in the local paper. There's things at the parks. There's concerts. Of course, we have the beaches here. There's the library activities. There's a day at the museum. And we have an open-air market that's in different parts of the city. You can get to one every day. So that's kind of fun. You can't underestimate just the things around you. If you need to Google it or you need to um, look through the paper, just, you know, look for free activities. I know the AAA has a magazine here that lists a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, not every, I think the problem that a lot of mothers have, and I know I did when my kids were very young, was that things aren't just at your fingertips or around the corner. You had to get in the car. You had to plan it. And I think that's what was so hard um, 
for many young mothers and, mm-hmm. and many busy moms is that it's not just right there where the planning takes advantage. You know, you have to plan in advance. Right. So um, maybe once a week you do plan something that's going to take you, you know, 40 minutes or an hour to get to. And maybe while you do walk around your neighborhood is take a second look at each thing you have in your neighborhood, any store, and try to maximize what you can out of it. And, you know, be surprised. I remember... Um, my pediatrician many years ago told me that if you don't want to buy a lot of toys, involve them in your rituals, the things that you do on a daily basis. And you'd be surprised what you can do with a cardboard box or, you know, a leftover carton of uh, milk or, or a plastic bottle. You could cut it down and make a planter. You could uh, do a collage out of a magazine. You can go down to the neighbor and watch the dog there. And, you know, there's just so many things that you just have to be more creative and look at. And I think you can borrow more ideas from things off the computer and off Pinterest and off, um, oh, there's just, just much more out there today than even, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago when I was doing it. Yeah, the Internet does have a lot of great ideas. And it's funny because hearing you talk about, just these ideas about taking from a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I didn't realize how creative my children could be until I hear you talking about it because we once had this very large, I guess it must have been from a piece of furniture or something, a very large cardboard box in the house, and my kids decided that it looks like a, a car so mm-hmm. or like one of those bobsleds, and they cut it all out and they decorated it, and this cardboard became this became their little bobsled and they were rolling around the house all over it and for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks this cardboard box was like their toy of choice right right and um you know that wasn't even something that i came up with on my own that's something that they came up with together somehow they learn it at school or they see things or they um i don't know just whatever you look at think of it as you know turn it around upside down inside out just Think of different ways you can use each thing. You know, there's also the, I remember one year we, we did a lot of uh, needlepoint and sewing and, and uh, um, embroidery, and that's kind of fun. I remember I got my girls around the table, and we made lemonade, and we pretended we were little women, and we were sewing all together. We did little projects. That was fun. And, you know, making a lemonade stand outside is fun. Um, yeah, I find that anything outside adds an element of fun definitely in the summer i mean even earlier this week when the kids came out they i mean they come out of camp like at right. you know, 4 4 30 and there's just there's actually a lot of time to right. kind of do nothing you have to have afternoon activities yeah um that was yeah. actually on my list of things to ask you we can get to that in a little bit um but i just sort of sat outside and watched them you know rolling around on the grass playing their little hockey in the driveway uh, we have a basketball hoop outside, too, so they were shooting some baskets. And for a good, you know, I'd say hour or so, you know, had some snacks out. Just right. being outside and right, having right, that right. freedom was, was so nice for them. Right. Um, and then the fifth thing, and then we'll do question and answers, we'll kind of get into each thing, is involving family and friends. You know, uh, creating a round robin, finding another mother who is the same situation and meeting with her. Yeah. Maybe you can get five different mothers, so one for each day of the week. I remember one summer, I think one of my daughters was, I want to say eight years old, and um, we didn't want to put them in camp for some reason, so four mothers... And I got together 
and we all picked one day of the week, and we picked up the other three kids. I think it's because five fit in a car or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we had a van. I don't remember. And we, one mother did arts and crafts on her day. I remember I was a field trip mom mm-hmm. so because I remember where we went. So I was a field trip mom. Um, one mother did the baking. One mother did the arts and crafts baking, the field trip. can't remember what the other mother did. But, but of course you they, have to pick yeah, moms and they, kids. We did, and it's so, they enjoyed it. So that's teaming up. Yeah, and you have to pick moms and kids that uh, mesh well together. Right, right, right. You know that from school. You yeah. know, your kid will tell you who, what they're doing. Right. And the other one is to visit families, family and friends. Maybe it's a time to go visit a relative, mm-hmm. you know, and make a certain day of the week that you're doing that. Um, maybe having a sleepover. And what I like about the sleepover idea, and I've done this once and it was such a riot, is do backwards day. I actually got this idea from one of these, not one of these children's books I read, where you wake up in the morning and you eat dinner, and you you wake up and you put on your pajamas, hmm. and you um, eat you eat chicken first, for breakfast, and then you eat everything's backwards. Very you know? cute. It's very cute. It's kind of a fun thing to do, and then and the kids kind of like that. Inviting friends for a meal, or you know, if your kids want to create their own day camp and borrow ideas from other day camps, if you get one of those calendars from a backyard camp, which is very popular here in L.A., Mm -hmm. and look at what they're doing. You can copy it, because I know that uh, my four-year-old grandson has on his refrigerator a backyard camp, and it's dress-up day one day, and one day it's water play, and one day it was a scavenger hunt, I think, and one day was a... You know, a different food day, the carnival day. You know, and you make up different, um, different. Right. Um, so you should use your activities. resources to to find activities that have already been thought of by other creative people. Right, right, exactly. And you should seek out some other creative people to to help you with ideas. Right, exactly, right. And I don't think it's so hard since there's magazines that do it now. I think I had to be much more creative back in the day than I would have today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because people kind of have done it. Um, but, yeah, I think that I tell you what mother has the hardest time, and I don't know if any of your listeners are these types of mothers, and those are the ones that live in a small apartment that don't have a backyard mm-hmm. and don't have different rooms in the house they can go to. Right. That's the mother, you know, the, the mother of four that lives in a two-bedroom apartment um, in a high-rise that's um, not necessarily near the park. That's the mother who, um, and, and who has kids under, you know, six years old. They're all taught, you know, they're all little. That's the mother that has the hardest time. So she has to be ultra-organized. She has to be much more patient with herself. She has to plan really in advance, you know, try to think early on what park she wants to go to, what library, try to get out of the house, pack the bag the night before, um, you know, maybe convert her table to a little tent and, you know, go under the table and make a game out of that, um, maybe decorate one of the rooms to look like a different you know, a different category of something if she can't get out. That's the mother that has the harder time. Right. You know, or the mother who um, is working, I guess if she's working, then she has child care for her, and then she put her to camp. 
So I know that a lot of moms have found difficulty after camp's over at 4 o'clock or 3.30. Right. And their kid isn't, they're tired, mind you, they're tired when they come home from camp. Right. You know, they are tired, so they need a healthy snack. And when I talk about a healthy snack, I'm talking about protein. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about popcorn and apples and oranges, because they really need protein to burn it off. So maybe cheese sticks, maybe a pizza, maybe chicken nuggets, you know, maybe, um, you know, a drumstick, maybe real food is what they should be eating. Right. I do they find in general later. Yeah, that they tend to eat better like I mean during the school year, the second they get off the bus, they will eat a beautiful dinner more so than having just a snack and then eating dinner, you know, an hour later. Right, right. So I want you to keep in mind the way um, kids burn food. That the protein stays in your system longer than the you know, than the carbohydrates that you burn off really fast. Right. So hey, Esther, um, you might gonna... want to look at the food chart and see what foods will be best. Because if your kid just has sugar snacks, they're going to have so much more false energy, and that's not going to do you any good. Most definitely. So, okay, so they come home, you think, give them a good snack, and, you know, be creative. Look at, you know, look at cookbooks for that. Look at basic foods, basic ingredients. You know, shop in the beginning of the week, plan ahead. Um, freeze things. You can make your own popsicles if you want out of fruit juice instead of all that other type of sugar that they have in real popsicles, right. you know, in the chemicals. Um, then you can um, think of an afternoon, early evening activity, whether it's, um, I don't know, you know, they come home with summer packages of, of doing homework. Maybe they can do a little of the math, math game that they have in their packet. Or maybe you can have um, an older teenager come over and do a little tutoring, but make a game out of it. Yeah, we have um, in our house, just so they're not feeling like they're doing homework all the time, We, I have, let's say they do homework uh, one week Monday, Wednesday, and then next week Tuesday, Thursday, right. mm-hmm. just so they are you know, keeping up with their work and keeping up with their summer homework, but that they don't feel like they're in school. You know, right. all the time. Okay, Esther, we're going to take a short break. Great. And uh, we'll be back with some more details and some more questions and answers right after this. Okay, great.
Something to talk about. I'm Randy Wartelski, and we are talking to the traditional home organizer, Esther Simon, right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. If you have any questions for me or comments about today's show, please do email me. I love to hear from you at randy at nahumsegel.com. And if you want to hear more from Esther Simon, you can visit her website, traditionalhomeorganizer.com. So, Esther, we were talking about some ideas of things to do with kids this summer, and I think my overlying thought about all of this is. How do you as a parent put aside your own stresses to do fun things with your kids when in your mind you're rolling through the list of all the things that you need to do, you know, for yourself and for, your, for the rest of your family? Right. So that's when you have to make your list of your to-dos. So all year long you're really doing that. You're making a list of the things that you need to do and you're prioritizing and you're making yourself a schedule. So the idea of prioritizing is maybe saying, okay, this is – what's the most important thing I have to do today? That you should be saying every morning mm-hmm. or the night before, what's the most important thing I need to do tomorrow, and plan that out. So if you're going to say, look, today is Wednesday, you're going to say, you know, today I really need to, you know, maybe it's occupy the kids, maybe it's plan a, a meal, maybe it's make dinner, maybe it's pay some bills, maybe it's, you know, making a few phone calls, whatever it is, make that list And what is it that you need to do today? What can you carry over maybe tomorrow, or what can it be done later on? 
So that's when you make your list and you juggle and say, what is the most important thing I have to do by the end of the day? Now, I remember when I first had, you know, my first baby and everybody kept saying, you know, the one thing that the moms need to do when they have, you know, when you have a baby is you need to sleep, you need to rest, you need to take care of yourself, you need to take care of the baby and stuff like laundry and cleaning up and doing dishes, you know, that's the stuff that could wait. Um, And I think, you know, that same lesson holds true through everything and through what you're saying is that you have to figure out what are the things that can wait and what are the things that you need to do right now. Right. And then there's the projects, but a lot of people save the summer for projects. For example, I know in my business, I'm getting a lot of calls to clean out garages, clean out um, closets. People are wanting to organize over the summer. Mm -hmm. So because they just have, I think, the reason some moms have more time to do this because they don't spend as much time carpooling. Right. You know, so you do have, I know for, I have two extra hours in my day. So that's kind of nice. I have an extra hour in the morning and I have an extra hour at five o'clock. I think so, you also deceivingly think that, I mean, not, not deceivingly, the day feels longer because you have more daylight hours. So yeah, but do, I have two extra hours, yeah. which is so fun. Yeah. You know, so I, what I'm doing with my two extra hours, one, I'm sleeping a, a half an hour longer in the morning, which I deserve, and I'm exercising longer. And then in the afternoon, I'm just kind of, you know, kind of a little bit socializing and relaxing, yep. you know, from five to six. I don't feel like I have to be in the car. I'm kind of just walking around the house and just kind of taking a deep breath and enjoying, making a few phone calls. I'm enjoying that. But for my clients, they're really organized. It happens to be that I'm already organized, right? Mm-hmm. Proof of the pudding. But for some of the people are spending those hours organizing because they don't have time during the year. Right. So if you have a project like that, you probably have some extra hours that you um, can reserve for this. Because in the winter and during the school years, you have homework. I mean, you'd be surprised how different the summer is if you don't have kids in school. Right. The meal planning is different. The summer yep. is different. The food's different. And you I know, think also you you're not lighter. pressured for a certain specific bedtime because you feel like, okay, the next day if they're a little bit tired, it's okay. Right. So I know some, I personally some, some don't moms, feel so pressured with that. Some moms are much more relaxed with bedtime, yes. And some of them... Um, want their kids to get to sleep because they they want their evening. But um, That's true. a lot of times they can have their kids just kind of relax in their individual rooms and then have downtime there and they still have time for themselves. Right. You know, so it's, there's not as much pressure. So how do you tackle, let's say, a project like cleaning the garage? What's the best way to think about tackling a big okay. project? So the garage was talked, so that's probably the biggest project in your home is the garage. Mm-hmm. So that has to be broken down because there's three, there's a few aspects to the garage. One, it's funny because I was just researching some of it this morning because I have a client I have to do next week and I came across some interesting pictures on Pinterest and uh, I was Googling some uh, garage organizers to show her pictures. I wanted to email her some pictures. So in the garage, the first thing is to take an inventory, look around and say, gee, how much of the garage am I really realistically going to do? Then you have to sort and purge. That means you're taking everything out and you're going to say, do I want this? Do I not want this? Yeah, that's that's the hardest part. That is probably going to take the longest. That's going to take a few hours because you're going to say, you know, um, 
for everything I keep, I have to get rid of something. Right. So then you're going to separate the things that you're going to give away, and that you're going to take to Goodwill, Council for Jewish Women, you know, Salvation Army, wherever you're giving your stuff away to. And I think sometimes also you have to be very careful when you're going through your stuff. You have to m- make sure that you don't put too much time into reading every single letter that's oh, yeah, there that's and looking oh, yeah, at every memento, because right, right. right. that can take you- hours. Right. So then you're going to separate the good from the bad, I call it, mm-hmm. things you're going to save. Then you're going to see what kind of containers you want to invest in. Are you investing in the plastic, you know, containers that you can get at the container store, Home Depot, or Target, where they're the 64-gallon, you know, containers mm-hmm. with the lids? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to put them in baskets? Are you going to get a garage company to put slats on your walls and get hooks there? Are you going to build a loft for large wood projects or memorabilia? Are you going to put your bikes on the ceiling or on the side or just on the floor? Are you going to put the sports equipment in a basket or in a container, or are you going to net it up against the wall? There's so many different ways to do it. A lot of it decision-making is based on your finances, whether you're going to do built-ins, your time, how much effort you're going to put into it, and what you want it to look like, how upscale do you want it to be. Right. So a lot of that. And then, of course, your energy level. Are you Now, there's no way you can really do it in one day unless you have two or three people to help you, depending on the size of your garage. Yeah. But you can do it in bite-sized pieces. You can say, I'm going to do this corner for an hour, and then tomorrow I'm going to do another corner. I would suggest three-hour slots of time, because three hours, that's usually my minimum when I go to people's homes, is because three hours, you don't really get, you're not exhausted after three hours. You're tired, but you're not exhausted. You're not disappointed, and you're not, um, you don't feel like you're never going to do this again. Because so you can have breakfast, do work three hours, and you're ready for lunch. So there's a reward at the end. And um, you can make beneficial? a lot of progress in three hours. Yeah, and is it beneficial also to just say, I'll tackle just only this area today? Because sometimes I find that if I'm organizing something, you know, when I start to get tired of it, I end up just putting a lot of it back in a more organized way, and I haven't really purged too much. And right, I end up right. just no, putting no, it I back in. Three, I think breaking it up, yes, exactly what you're saying. <clears throat> and... Um, Sticking with it, I think you have to give a reward system, and I would get a buddy to help you. I would either hire a professional organizer or hire a buddy, or, uh, you know, ask a buddy to come. I tried friend. getting my husband and to if, help me. And if I you tried. really <laughs> have to do it alone, put on some music. Yeah. You know, do something, put on some good dirty clothes, you know, wear a good apron with a pocket in it. Um, you know, choose not to answer your phone or put the phone in the pocket. You know, decide how you're going to handle the interruption. Um, that look at some pictures before you go out to your car, you know, to, to your garage. Really get yourself some stimulation, some encouragement, some motivation. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what you have to do. So the closet's the hard, the garage is the hardest part. You might want to do your pantry. You might want to do your closet. You might want to do your photos in the summer. You might want to clean up your computer. You know, you might want to delete some of the old files. That's a chore in itself. Yes. You might want to do your accounting and your bookkeeping. You want to might get ready for tax season. For some of you who are filed late, so you you know have to hand it in October, you might want to do that now. Um, you might want to... 
do something more fun. You might want to do some artwork. You might want to plant the garden like you just did. You might want to take a sewing class. Look at your calendar. Break up the time into, you know, morning, afternoon, evening, or break it up into four segments and give yourself a boost each time. My best, and I read this, and I read this in some magazine, um, that if you really are getting tired in mid-afternoon, then make yourself a second cup of coffee and pretend 2 o'clock is 9 o'clock. Start the day again. Interesting. You know, even if you need to wash your face again and change your shoes, right. you know, change your clothes, and make a second cup of coffee or iced tea or whatever you drink in the morning, and say, no, I'm going to get my second wind at 2 o'clock. Right. So sometimes just knowing that, that you know, believe it or not, just that, that idea um, has helped me. Also, this is the time to really start exercising. The weather's good. Almost nobody has an excuse right. to touch their toes. You know, it's not too cold outside to move. You can take a walk. This is really a good time to think about your health and get nutritious and um you know, yes. thinking about yourself and your family and being that role model, it's a good time. Yeah, that is such a good point. And it's also, you know, that's something that you can do with a friend that you're, you know, you're also being social at the same time as taking care of yourself and being, you know, getting that physical fitness and that exercise in there. That That is such a, an excellent point. Right. Do you have the good yummy fruits and vegetables? I go to the market and I see those strawberries and berries and and the peaches are out here. Is the fruit out over there? Like, it just looks so good. The fruit is and, out. Yeah, and that's healthier than the candy. Yeah, and all. And the truth is, all over Manhattan, you have these little farmers markets coming out on mm, you know right. Sundays or you know late afternoons as well. Um, and that's you know you can and by being in New Jersey, a lot of people will take a walk from their home to where the stores are, to where the shops are, or to where the restaurants are, stop, mm-hmm. you know, get a lemonade, get a drink or whatever, yeah. and then walk back. And then, you know, they've done their exercise for the day as well because it's a pretty long walk. Right, right. So nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want to switch gears for a minute just because mm-hmm. this is a, another long summer project. Um, is getting the, We started off with this at the beginning, getting the kids off to sleepaway camp. So mm-hmm. you've already, you know, packed them. They're gone. They're there. And uh, you have a couple of weeks to you know, have them out of, out of the house, but then they come home. And right, so and now, all that laundry that you have to end up throwing away because yeah. it got ruined. <laughs> and, and, you know, people at the bus stop were just talking about what's the best thing to do with, you know, the bags, and people were saying you should wash the camp linen, the stuff that you sent with them to camp, and put it back in the bags so that you have it for next year, and you should make sure that you clean out the Tupperwares really well and put them back in the bags so you have them for next year. What do you think is the best way to tackle all that stuff that comes home from camp, and, and it's such a such a wreck. Right. Okay. So I'm assuming that you have a place to put that over bag, that bag because you had it since last year. Right. So a lot of times, again, I don't know if the laundry is too much for your machine. If it's too much, you might have to go to the laundromat. Right. So it totally depends if you can do it in your own machine or at the laundromat. Well, people love to go to the laundromat because they could use, like, six machines at the same time. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's nice to do that. Take your book with you and and just do it at the laundromat. And then, um, now, the interesting thing is sometimes you don't need all those clothes back in your drawer. Right. You know, so, but then it might not fit next year. Right. So that's the kind of thing. You might want to put it back clean put it back clean in one of those ziploc um 
uh, storage savers. They sell them at Bed and Bath, where you, um, it's nice and clean. It's a, it like it looks like a garment bag, but it's it's plastic and see through, and it holds storage clothes. You can put the clean clothes in there, and then you can la- put a label on it if it's size ten, you know, eight to ten, or you know, large or small, whatever the size was. So you are, and make an inventory of what you have left, whether it's you know a dozen T-shirts in white or whether it's, you know, 24 pairs of underwear or whether it's socks. And then the following year, next year, either it will still fit them or maybe you can swap with another camper. Right. Or you can hand it down to a younger sibling. Right. Because not all the shirts will fit back into the drawer for the school year. Right. You know. Yeah, it's crazy because um, you buy an obscene amount of clothing yeah, yeah, for the yeah. summer. And you don't really need it. And also it's a exactly. kind of different clothing. You know, it's not the kind of stuff that you need during the year. Exactly. Remember when you had to buy such thick socks, and that's not the kind of socks he wore with his uniform. Right. You know, or I had to buy so many long sleeve T-shirts for the girls, but you know they wore yeah, uniforms. Need, they yeah. wouldn't didn't wear that on who Sunday. Who needs twenty T-shirts? So, I agree. You know, it's not the same clothes. Right. You know, it's only summer clothes. Right. So that's when you can put it away, and then you can swap later. But the whole, the answer to your question is the inventory, mm-hmm. is cleaning it up, whether it's at your house or the laundromat, labeling it, taking an inventory, so next year you'll know. Right. You know what you have, and you make a file. I'm all for filing, right? Not filing, but so you're gonna to make a file that's called summer camp, whatever the name of the camp was, the year, all the information, and then uh, keep the inventory. And if you're a little bit lazy. Take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you just want to take a picture with it on your iPhone or your iPad or your camera, whatever have That's you. A good print idea. it out and put the picture of it in the file. That's a good idea. You know, or save it on uh, saved mail, or you know, uh, make a file on the computer and say, "Oh, there it is." You know, I do this every year, year after year, with my Passover menu, my Pesach menu, and all my Yantiv menus. I keep it a file on the computer who I invited, what I made, and I just look it up. Yeah, I was kicking myself when I sent my son off to camp because we arrived at the bus stop and we realized that we forgot the chair, you know, the fold-up chair. That's like one of these musts nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself if I had, because I did have an inventory of his clothing on my computer from last year so that he could pack himself back up when he came home. And I thought if I had looked at that, I didn't even look at it. But if I had looked at that, I would have reminded myself to pack him the chair, which right. eh, he went off to camp without it. Lists are really, really good, and I think we shouldn't underestimate. People say, oh, I don't want to make it too much of an effort to make it. You know, I don't know. I think it's worth taking the energy. Any time you put in to any active organization pays off later. Definitely. Definitely. It just does. It's, you know, the effort you put in. In anything, you know, the reward, you reap the benefits. Esther, we've got just a couple of minutes left. What are some other things that you'd like to share with our listeners as they face this grand old hot summer? I know. Um, I think you just have to pick maybe one or two realistic projects for yourself. So when the end of the summer comes, you can say, you know, I did that. Whether it's uh, losing a pound or whether it's... um, uh, writing an article or, or meeting a new friend or maybe making a certain meal or maybe uh, finishing reading a book or planting a garden or whatever the personal um, self, maybe it's self-improvement, maybe whatever it is, make one or two small 
um, you know, I want to call it a wish, a, a small um, like a ideas goal. of things, that, you know, accomplishments, like something you want to accomplish over the summer. So you feel good when the summer is over, and you're not going to say, "I did what did I, what happened in summer? I did nothing." So that won't happen. Right. Just two things, right. one or two things, and then the other is to I don't know maybe um, on a daily basis look at the day and say, um, "What can I make the most out of today?" And write it down. Keep a journal or keep a um, calendar of it. Just. Day, write down one thing that you did that day. So at the end of the summer, come September, you can say, oh, look, I wrote something down each day. Now I know what I did. Even if it was a doctor's appointment, even if it was going to the gym, or even if it was making spaghetti and meatballs, or even if it was uh, calling a friend, write something down in that box on the calendar so you, can, so you know where the day went. I, I love, think that's important. Yeah, I love that idea. And I think also... When you're facing the summer and you're thinking about all the projects and all the things that you want to do, it can add a certain level of stress. And so it would be important. Stress is yeah. Everybody has a different way to de-stress themselves. Mm-hmm. I know. I, you know, I watch movies on my iPad. It just totally de-stresses me. I just really kick back and I, I, I just really relax when I do that. I know some. My neighbor loves to read. She really puts up her feet and she reads a book and she just, you know, I have another neighbor who takes a walk and she really stops and smells the roses. So find out what it is that de-stresses you, what it is that distracts your mind from something else. Look into yourself and say, what's the best way for me to just breathe, you know, just relax? When do I feel the most... For some people, they really can't do it, so they have to go get a massage, mm-hmm. you know, or, or one of these foot massages that are really popular out here and they're not expensive. Um, some of them, it's exercise. Some of it's doing something concrete. Some of it's talking on the phone. Some of it's just maybe taking vitamins, you know, or making a, a smoothie in the blender. Um, everyone's different. You just have to find out what it is it for you that de-stresses you. It could be making a list of all the things, just getting it out of your mind is a de-stressor. Yeah, and it would be even an even bigger de-stressor when you start to cross things off the list. And I, I think that most people who do write things down do cross it off. You just don't want to write things down that you know you would never do. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like if I wrote down go to Europe, I mean I have no plans to go to Europe. <laughs> like for me to write that it would be nice. Yeah. But I have no plans. Like, why would I write that down? It would never get crossed off my list. Right, so you have to be realistic as well. Yeah, you know, am I going to um, surf? You know, my son surfs, and someone said to me, have you ever tried surfing? I said, I would never write that down. Would it be interesting? Maybe. Right. But I would, it would never get crossed off. Right. You know, I would never make homemade pasta, you know, through that pasta machine. Right. Like, I make homemade bread. I make homemade pizza. I make homemade cookies. But if I wrote down make homemade pasta, like, why would I ever cross that off? Right. Well, so I think a lot of there are people you should know. When I read their list, I look at it. I go, "Are you really going to replant, um, you know, the tree outside? Like, are you going to do that? Or are you going to hire someone to do that? Right. Oh, I would like to do it. I mean, are you, re- you know? So you have to be careful what you write down. I want you to be realistic. Yeah. Well, Esther, thank you so much. 
for your oh, advice and for uh, sharing all these really important tips with us. Once again, if anybody has any questions or comments about today's program, you can email me, randy at nachamsegel.com, or you can visit Esther's website at traditionalhomeorganizer.com. Great, so, Randy. Have a wonderful summer, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. You too. Well, today okay. we hope we've given you something to talk about right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's give them something to talk about. Something to-